millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Can I ask you a question? When you think of the major changes, the big steps you've taken in life... What's been the catalyst, the spark, that's ultimately tipped you towards taking action? This could be in your career, at home, within your closest relationships, including the one that you have with yourself. I'd encourage you to call to mind that mobilising factor or moment as you listen to today's episode. And try not to judge it. As my guest today's story so powerfully illustrates, sometimes it's those lowest and most difficult moments that can lead us towards the most profound, transformative and ultimately positive ones. Hey, welcome back to Going For Goal, the women's health podcast. I'm your host, Roisin Dervish-O'Kane. This series, powered by Nike, we're exploring running and all that it could do for you. Nike Run Coaches will be on hand with all the tips and tactics you need to create your own running practice or elevate an existing one, whether you're around the park plodder right now or after a new 10k PB. But running is about so much more than putting one foot in front of the other. And if you've not been alerted to just how transformative running can be, it's time to strap in and prepare to be inspired as I speak to some truly impressive women about their lives and why they run. My guest today is Andrea McLean. Following breakdown and burnout in 2019, she left a decades-long broadcasting career on breakfast TV and latterly shows like Loose Women to create her mindset community and app, This Girl Is On Fire. Here, the longtime lover of fitness reflects on the liberation of finally shaking off her big sister complex in her 50s. You know, the idea that you always have to be the one to fix something and you should never ask for help. She also shares how fitness and and running has been there throughout the ups and downs of life, but why at 53 and heading up a startup, she's finding getting back into a running routine harder than ever. A trained coach, Andrea is a font of inspiring words, as well as the practical strategies to help people make change happen. But as she's super open about, she's still very much on her own journey and still learning to slow down and pace herself to treat life like a marathon and not a sprint every day. There's lots to learn from Andrea's very open story. Let's get into it. Andrea McLean, hello and welcome to the Women's Health Podcast Going for Goal. Thank you so much for having me. I cannot wait. I can't wait. This is going to be great. (laughs) Yes, that's the energy that we love to start with. Um, So how's your day been? Good. Busy. Um, But actually, what's been really nice about it is I normally work from home. And obviously, since the pandemic, so many of us work from home. Mm. But my circumstances changed because I quit my job in the middle of the pandemic and now I'm fully at home. So today I've 
I've had lots of different meetings and different things in London. So I've got my trainers on and I've just been pounding the streets and walking everywhere. And, and that's been really good. It sounds funny. The very thing that I used to get really annoyed about when I was out all the time, yeah. I now actually really enjoy. So, yeah, it's been good. <laughs> Fabulous. Um, and we heard a little bit about your working from home setup, which I think people had a good giggle about when you were talking about the uh, the best investment that you made over the pandemic, which had me howling when I was listening to it on Lorraine yesterday. And you were talking about the, uh, the do not disturb sign. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's the best money you can ever spend because it's so cheap. But saying to someone, yeah, can you, I just need half an hour. Can you just, I just need to write this thing, do this thing, whatever. People think just popping their head around the door, can I just, can I just, and then you lose all sense of flow and, you know, whatever you're working on is going out of your head. So literally went on Amazon and bought a do not disturb sign. The first one didn't work. So then I had to go back and buy a red one. <laughs> the danger colour. Yes. So it's like it's like the difference between single yellow lines and double red, you know. So it's like, mm, you can kind of park here and then it's like, don't, just don't. A hard boundary. This and is just, a hard no, yes. <laughs> and just for anyone listening who doesn't know your story, and that's because you not only work from home, but you work from home with your husband and you work from home with your husband on the same project, yes. which is your app, This Girl on Fi- This Girl is on Fire. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just hearing that said out loud is is clearly the new definition of insanity, <laughs> <laughs> which is to, um, you know, walk away from a very established 23-year career in broadcasting uh, to go into tech and wellness with your husband. Um but actually, we're, we're still doing fine and still talking to each other and it's working. So it's great. But it all comes down to the do not disturb sign. That's literally what it's all down to. In the danger colours. Yeah. Love it. Right. Great advice for anyone working from home in the vicinity <laughs> of their partner. A four ninety nine investment, apparently. Amazing. Can't go wrong. <laughs> um, so could you tell me a bit then about where you're kind of at? now with your kind of healthy habits what's your routine like as you say you've gone from pre-pandemic this very busy very visible life um running around running around london running between tv shows how long were you on loose women it was years 13 years 13 years yeah and then 11 years before that on breakfast tv so um my life had always been on, on the go, so physically on the go, mentally on the go. Um, you know, when I was on breakfast telly, I travelled a lot, whether it was internationally or just around the country. And then obviously with Loose, although that job in itself was in one place, I did so many other side projects as well. So I was, you know, running about. And again, there'll be people listening who'll really understand this, even if their circumstances are slightly different. The the feeling that you had in lockdown where suddenly you're at home is now my permanent feeling (laughs) where this routine that you've got used to, whether it is your working life, your your health life in terms of where you fit in going to the gym and, Mm. and all that sort of stuff has totally changed. And it's I would say that in terms of adapting. Yes, working with my husband has been a huge learning curve. Starting a business has been a huge learning curve. But finding a way to build in a health and fitness routine has actually been my biggest challenge out of all of those things. Fascinating. So tell me a bit more about that. I think because I've always been uh, active, fit, interested in, you know, um, activity and wellness. Um, Long before it was cool. 
Yeah, it's just, well, I, I grew up in the Caribbean, which not many people realize about me. So I grew up in a, in a hot country where sport was totally normal, clearly because the weather's good, so you're outside all the time. Um, tennis was my sport. I loved it from when I was little and I played it through to my late teens. Was pretty good at it by then. Um, swimming was my other uh, passion. I swam for teams and was good at it. And then moving back to the UK, sort of in, in mid-teams, I had to sort of shift a little bit. And I got into very slow, very bad running at that point um, and, a, and a little bit of tennis. But then I suppose that was around the time where gyms started becoming more normal. This is talking the 80s. And I've always been a gym member. It's just something that was part of, even when I was a student, you know, even when you're out, wow, you know, partying and doing whatever. Well, no, to me, it was, I remember studying for my finals and I would write my timetable out for my revision and, and what have you for my exams coming up. And I factored in gym time so that, and this is before I knew that this is what you're supposed to do. <laughs> I just did it because it felt good. But I would factor in, right, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to spend at least an hour doing something that's cardio to just get me out of a fug, you know, when your your head is full of, mm -hmm. with words. And then come back and I knew I'd feel fresh later. And that has stayed throughout my whole life which is why suddenly going to working from home, um, I didn't have that routine of, right, I'm going to join a gym that's near my workplace or I'm going to do this because it's near where this is happening. Um, when you're working for yourself, when you become, you're living at work rather than working from home, mm. you, your to-do list never ends. Actually, I, sl I slipped into the the habit of thinking, yeah, I'll do it later. I'll do it later when this is cleared. And I've only now this year started to get back on track with that of actually diarising it rather than mm. trying to take it from the free time basket, which actually doesn't exist. Never exists, no, even though, gosh, we all really wish yeah. it would. It would make everything so much <laughs> wouldn't easier, it? wouldn't it? Um, so, Andrea, you were talking to me there about your, your fitness journey and how tricky it's been to kind of renegotiate in this post-pandemic world. Um, you described yourself when we've chatted before this recording as a lapsed runner. <laughs> Could you tell me about that and any challenges that you've had building running back into your, your routine in this new phase of life that you're in? Well, I think, you know, describing oneself as a lapsed anything is something that people can readily understand. Um, yeah, running is something that has metaphorically and literally run through my life. And it has at times been something that I have absolutely got into the groove of and I've loved. And it's it's just been a part of my my daily routine and my body is, has got to the point where it gets fidgety when I haven't been for a run and all, mm. all those sorts of things. Mm. And then I have also got to the point where the thought of putting my trainers on and heading out is the worst thing in the whole world and I feel heavy and tight and sluggish and I couldn't think of anything worse. I'm at that point now because I'm, I'm, I'm mid-lapse. I suppose. No, mid sounds like I'm in the middle of it. I could be towards the end of it. I don't know. Maybe I'm about to come out the other side after this conversation. Um, <laughs> no pressure. Many, many reasons for that, really. Um, my body has changed as I've got older. Um, I'm in my 50s now. So uh, even though, you know, 
I'm still the same person I was. My body doesn't react in the same way that it that it did in its 20s and 30s and, and 40s. I definitely notice that uh, I'm a lot creakier in terms of if I leave things for too long and I don't stretch enough and, and this sort of thing. And I think it's the knowledge of this is going to hurt to start again is what puts me off. Mm. And considering what I do for a living now, that I know how important thinking about things in a positive way rather than focusing on the negative way is in terms of getting going again. It's ridiculous, but it just shows <laughs> I'm exactly the same as everyone else. It's never the knowing, it's the doing. I love it. Um, and tell me then, I'd love to know some more about the work that you're doing right now. So could you tell me a bit about This Girl Is On Fire? Not just, you know, what it is and how you're helping people, but also how it came about. So This Girl Is On Fire is a mindset membership for women, which when you first say that out loud, that sounds a bit strange, doesn't it? What do you mean a mindset membership? And basically, it's a, it's a community that I've that I've built that people can access either online or through we've we've just released an app so you can download an app. What I do is I show people through not just my experiences, but through interviewing experts, much like much like you do here. <laughs> um, ways in which they can think differently about whatever it is that they feel that is holding them back because everything we do starts with how we think about it mm -hmm. and there are so many of us that feel stuck we feel afraid to move away from whatever it is that is either making us feel uncomfortable or whether it is something that is actually causing us pain uh, whether it's causing us frustration because it's our career but like I say, everything we do starts with how we think about it. So I show women how to reframe their thoughts. I show them how to walk alongside of fear because the, the biggest issue that all of us have is that we're scared. Mm. And, you know, even just talking about the running, being a lapsed runner and, and getting back into it again, it's, oh, it's that knowledge and that fear of I'm going to, it's going to hurt. I'm going to ache the next day. It's going to be painful. Those that, that, you know, first 500 meters itself is going to hurt. And I show women actually that you, you never get rid of fear. And fear is really important. You just need to learn how to walk alongside it mm. and how to utilize its power because actually it's there to protect you. It's it's a powerful force that actually when harnessed correctly can really propel you because sometimes you need to understand that what you're afraid of is something that you're leaving as well as something that you're afraid that might happen. But if you can use it as a push and also use it as a pull, you know, ask yourself what I'm afraid of taking action, but what is the worst thing that can happen to me if I take no action at all? Mm -hmm. And actually then use that fear of what will happen if I do nothing to pull you towards taking action. And that's how I, that's what I show them how to do, not just through, uh, I do live events, I interview various experts, so I do masterclasses on it. I interview amazing women who just through explaining their life circumstances and their experiences, I think storytelling is such a powerful force when mm. it comes to explaining how something works. So that's why I love doing the podcast. Um, because if someone can have a little light bulb moment and think, gosh, I'm going through something like that and they did this, I'll try that. So that in a, in a very long nutshell, very big nutshell, uh, is what I do. I, I help women think differently. 
No, that was really beautifully summed up and your passion for it really comes across. It's lovely. To your point then about the power of storytelling to help people make sense of their situations, particularly difficult ones, this transformation from long-time broadcaster to startup founder, one that you've spoken about being challenging, not least financially, it's been born out of some truly tough times for you mentally. For any listeners not familiar with you or your story, could you share those experiences here and, and what they've taught you? Well, I've always been a very brave person. I've always done brave things and I've always pushed myself to do things that are uncomfortable and difficult and that I didn't necessarily know what the outcome was going to be. And I've done this since I was little and I can remember probably being about nine or ten and it was an opportunity came up. I, I can't remember whether it would be like going in a school play or whatever but I remember being about that age and I remember asking myself, even at that young age, propelling forwards to how I saw myself as an old lady and thinking, when I'm really old, and what's so funny is I'm nearly 53 now, so that could have been the age I am now. I could have thought, <laughs> ooh, really old, 53. Um, when I'm really old, will I regret not doing this thing? Mm. And if the answer was yes, then I would do it. And I don't mean like smoking behind the bike sheds and snogging boys, you know. That's a whole different question that you ask yourself. I mean in terms of challenging myself to do something that the only thing that was holding me back was being afraid. And I've carried on doing that throughout my my whole life. It's it's why I, you know, we were chatting earlier about careers and what have you. I, I literally moved to London with everything I owned in the back seat of my car with no contacts, slept on floors, was in a bedsit um, to try and break into journalism in London, which, and I did, and I, I don't know how. Um, and just then some. Through, and then some, yeah. But what happened as I went through my life was I realised that through through life's bumps in the road, through making very poor choices in terms of partners, um, my self-confidence had been whittled away. And my self-belief had been whittled away. So although I was still uh, really successful in my career and and doing really well and and pushing in terms of um, through any fears that I may have, personally, I'd lost that spark. And Mm. I would say it, it took until probably I was 50 until I managed to get that back again. It didn't light by itself, you know, and my business is called This Girl Is On Fire and it's Mm. for a reason. I didn't find that spark again until I hit absolute rock bottom. And this isn't the process that everybody has to go through, but actually hitting the bottom is really useful because then you have something to push off from. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of, of, uh, there's an incredible woman called Lisa Bilyeu and she talks about the purgatory of the mundane. And the problem with the purgatory of the mundane is when life is is not great, but it's not bad enough to do anything about. Mm. And you don't feel like really you should complain because you'd like to make changes, but it's not so terrible that actually it's worth the pain. That's actually much more difficult. Because you settle. Because you, you settle. I was fortunate that I got to a point where I face planted. I didn't just hit rock bottom. I had a breakdown. I burned out. Uh, mentally, I was in a very, very fragile state where I felt that 
everything was too overwhelming and actually I just couldn't cope anymore. Which for someone like me who's always found a solution to whatever problem um, was a really horrific place to be. And I finally spoke up and put my hand up. I've always been eldest child, oldest girl. I can sort this out. It will all be all right. I'll find a way through it. And it was actually quite hard to put my hand up and say, I'm actually really struggling and I need, I need some help. And best thing I ever did, because if you don't ask for help, you won't receive it. People aren't mind readers. And so I had therapy and then I had coaching and it totally changed everything around. And it changed my perspective on, I realised I'd always been brave at pushing myself towards doing things that I wanted to do. Mm. And actually, that's a very easy kind of bravery. I'd been brave at getting through circumstances that had been put upon me. Because then you're trying to find a way to survive, whether it's for your yourself or your children or, or what have you. But actually, the bravery that we need in the day-to-day purgatory of the mundane actually is a whole different thing. And really, it's the difference between the intensity of strength that you need in a sprint compared to the strength that you need in a marathon. And I realized mm. that actually I got very good at sprinting but I wasn't very good at the marathon. And this is where I needed to change. So therapy, coaching, and then retraining as a coach myself, I realized that actually what I need to do is keep an eye on on how I'm feeling, on my fitness, um, on my diet, on my sleep. All of these things, are they're, they're like a, 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 a chair that is made up of different legs. And if one of them isn't quite right, it will break and fall down. And all of those things have been wrong with me. So that was why I fell down. And that's what led me sort of to where I am now, really, was, yeah, getting to a point where I realised the things that I'd done before weren't working mm. and I needed to make a, make a change. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I imagine that must have been quite humbling, especially when you were someone or are someone, as you said, who is 
brave, who's self-sufficient, who can conquer things, um, is super active, like was smashing it professionally, mm. like from all vantage points, you were nailing it. Do you know, it's not only humbling, but you you realise that you're you're worried about what other people will think of you. Because admitting when you're seen to be doing really well, and mine just happened to be a broadcasting career. This can be in any career. It could be, you know, you could be one of the mums at the school gates who everyone thinks is smashing it. Mm. It makes no difference what it what it is. But to actually be honest and hold your hand up and say, I'm really struggling, um, was frightening. Now I realise it's liberating. I chat away quite happily about, you know, what happened to me. Um, but also I'm so much better at home now because I was, I, I thought that actually, no, you just need to pull your socks up and, and, you know, hold it all together because everyone's relying on you. And actually, no, the best thing I can do is, is say to my husband, um, I'm starting to feel a bit wobbly now. I think I need to take a little bit of a step back. And what's so good is obviously he recognises how bad I got before. Mm. So he'll go, right, don't worry, I'll, I'll make some calls and I'll clear your diary tomorrow because we work together and yeah. we're, we're going to meetings together. Um, he'll be like, take the day off, yeah. sleep all day if you if you need to and we will catch up with everything later and now I do the terrible thing is I find it really hard for my brain to switch off my body might go to bed but it, you know I've redesigned brain's still on fire my brain is still on fire I've redesigned <laughs> whole websites and you know sat up in bed in like your mind this. yeah <laughs> or even taking my laptop to bed with me that I am my own worst enemy um but at least now I uh I talk about it and I and I say something which if you think about it for me, obviously, my business is called This Girl's on Fire. It's about helping women think differently. And how I do that is through the analogy of it being a gym for the mind. Mm. Because we are so regularly told to train our bodies to keep ourselves physically strong. But we're never told that we need to train our minds to keep ourselves mentally strong. And I realized this is what I hadn't been doing. I knew all the things. I hadn't done the mental equivalent of going to the gym and picking up a kettlebell or going to the gym and having a swim or going to the mental gym and going for a run. I had stopped doing all of those things. So at least now, again, because my husband's a coach as well, we both recognise the importance of, right, this is not just one bit of you that is feeling overwhelmed. Every part of you is trying to overcompensate. Mm. Just like it would be physically, you need to actually stop and rest and let whatever it is that's bothering you get better. That's just so wise and such an important thing to realise. I think something that really um, struck me was your analogy about the sprinting and the, the sprints versus the marathons. Do you think that's a, um, a realisation that could have only really come to you at this point, so in, in midlife, in your 50s? Mm, I think so, because you one, you you realize that actually life is a marathon, not sprint. And and when you're younger, you're kind of dashing about so much, so much more. Um, and maybe kind of hitting short term goals because, you know, you want to hit that level and then that level and then do that thing and then that thing. And then actually you get to a point where you realize things start to slow down a bit and stretch out in front of you and you cannot keep going at that pace. Mm. You, mm -hmm. you are going to need to to slow down but not in a giving up kind of way no you just need to you just need to pace yourself better mm. and I find it, it's worked for me so much better now even running a business because obviously we have our, our short-term medium and long-term goals um, and my initial 
reaction to all of it was to run at all of them. <laughs> run at all of them. I can really relate. Tick oh, them no. all off. <laughs> and if they don't get ticked off, oh my God, I'm totally failing and this is awful. And then I realised, oh my gosh, this is just never going to work because I'm going to end up exhausted and burnt out. And also you're just running around like a like a busy octopus trying to do everything (laughs) and you're just going to fall over. So, yeah, I do think that that eventually comes with with time and with age. And you realise, actually, in the same way that when you're when you're jogging rather than sprinting, you have time to look around. It's exactly the same thing with pacing yourself in life. And I look back at some of the decisions that I would have made if I'd have been racing towards them and this is to do with business and it would have been the wrong direction I'd have been running really fast in totally the wrong direction Mm. and I'd have wasted time money and effort but actually sometimes when you're slowing down a little bit you can see when this isn't working we're going to need to change direction here Mm. Um, it's not as car crash as it would be as if I was going full pelt at it so there's a there's a strength to slowing down I think we're we're kind of marketed to that speed is all and actually it's it's not. It is about distance. It's not about speed. Yeah, with everything, as you say, in business, relationships, even physically, even when someone's listening and thinking about their own gym journey or their, mm. their running journey, I think what can often put people off, and I'm also a lapsed runner, so putting my hand up <laughs> Hooray! here. Hooray! <laughs> I used to love it. I used to get such a sense of clarity. When you're someone who wants to run at things and you want to know that you're going to be good at something and you want to know that you're going to get the reward out of something, it's very hard to go back to a form of exercise when you go, I'm probably going to be a bit crap at this. So I'm so where you are. What you were saying totally stuck with me. If you were coaching me Mm. right now... I'd tell you to do all the things that I don't do. Because you've nailed it there, because I do think that actually a lot of it comes from if you've always been a high achiever, and I don't mean it in terms of, you know, I didn't get the best grades in school, I didn't get the best degree, and I didn't do the best job in the world, but I still did okay. But, I, <laughs> but I, I've gone at every part of my life with 120%. Mm. I've always given my all. Any when I was a, a Saturday girl in a shoe shop, I was the best Saturday girl. I I ended up getting promoted when I was sixteen to supervisor because I was just I put everything into it. I wasn't one that sloped off at lunchtime and was late coming back and did whatever. I'd I'd eat my sandwich, then get bored and then tidy the shelves and sort out the stock room. You know. And that's how I am. That's how I've I've always been. But I think with fitness, when you are lapsed at whatever part of it. And sometimes it can be through injury, which is really frustrating. Sometimes it could be through time. I've had both of those things. It's, It's your ego, really, that gets in the way because you're thinking, now I'm one of them. Now I'm one of these people that's rubbish at this and I used to be really good at this and that's nasty, you know. We would never say that out loud because that's really big-headed and egotistical and oh my God, but that's exactly what it is because we like being the ones that are good at things (laughs) but now we're not good at it anymore. For me, especially in terms of running, what got me back into it again uh, before I lapsed again and mine was I I hurt my knee and then I had to stop and then it went to my hip and then I I had to stop. Um, Oh God, I'm sorry, it's so frustrating. It is really very irritating. Um, Was I did the couch to 5K. 
I cannot tell you how many friends I've recommended who have stopped exercising and can't get their mojo back and all this is do the couch to 5K. And then I ended up doing the couch to 10K. And then I just kept going with it and loved it. And I did that for quite a few years. Um, and again, quitting my job to do a startup that all went out out the window. I mean, um, understandably. Understandably, yeah, because it just weren't enough hours in the day. Um, but what I loved about it was, well, not even was, what I love about it is, is that it trains you to slow down because our first instinct is to rush out the door, a few little star jumps, a few little stretches, put your little, little pedometer on, get your whether, whatever you like to listen to, whether it's music or a book or whatever, and then whoosh, off you go, especially past your neighbours, because you, you want them to think you're really good at running, <laughs> and then you go around the corner and you're literally holding your sides and bent over double. Um, was it taught me how to slow down? And it was, I found it a brilliant metaphor for life, and actually, it really helped me with my work, with all sorts, because I realised I threw myself into things way too fast. And actually, it was it's all about steady, hold. You're slowly building towards something. Stop trying to smash it at the first gate and, you know, yep. get it all done. In order to progress, park your ego. Yeah. Do your stretches, park your ego. Leave it at the door. And yeah, this is just meet yourself where you are. This is where I am today. And I'm a lot better at that now. So, for example, my, my husband's super fit and really, actually, he should be sitting here because you, you obviously it's a women's health magazine, so you need to get him on men's health. He is a very, very fit man. He's been fit his entire life. He's trained in martial arts. He's just turned 50. For his 50th, his goal was to do the human flag, which he did. Do you know Cirque du Soleil? You know, you see these gymnasts when they twirl about and do incredible things with their with their bodies. So a human flag is when you hold on to a pole with one arm below and one arm above and you are sideways to the pole like a flag is. Yes. It's ridiculous. There's so much core strength involved that it doesn't even make any sense. It physically shouldn't be possible. And he's six foot two, so it, it, it's quite a long flag. <laughs> If you were smaller, even the, the guys he trained with went, if you were smaller, this would be a lot easier. Yeah, 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 yeah. What I've learned from him doing his training is if I couldn't fit an hour to go to the gym, I wouldn't go. And what he taught me was you only need three minutes, seven minutes, 15. You don't need to do all of all of that. When mm. I saw him training for his, for his human flag, I was that I'd always use the excuse for I don't have time because I don't have an hour. And actually... Uh, and now he's got me doing, OK, five press-ups a night and a one-minute plank. So every night before, after we've brushed our teeth and just about to get to bed, he goes, babe, I'm setting the timer. <laughs> we both get on the floor. And now we're up to 120. And then we're going to be pushing to two minutes just so that we've done some form of core workout that yeah. day. That, and it and literally takes a couple of minutes. It's and very irritating because I can't get away from it because he's literally... In the same room. Yeah, that's the ultimate <laughs> accountability. Yeah. You can't wave the do not disturb sign in your, <laughs> your bathroom. Not, no, not no. tonight. I'm not planking tonight. <laughs> um, and what do you, how do you think your, um, so bringing it back to your, your wonderful chair metaphor earlier about all the things that are kind of keeping you supportive in this slower and more intentional phase of life. Mm. Um, Basically, are we going to both unlapse from our lapsed running statuses together? <laughs> do you think? Do you think that's on the cards anytime soon? Yeah, I've started running again on the treadmill, 
because nice. the obviously pavement running and um, sort of off treadmill, whether it's you like to run through woods or, or what have you, is a very different experience to running on a on a treadmill. And I find it's a really great way to ease yourself back in. Because obviously it does a little bit of the heavy lifting for you. You don't realise until you step off it actually what a difference it makes. And I know when I was, uh, you know, training and doing my 10Ks and, and what have you, um, oh, I'd go out my mind with boredom if I was just doing it on a treadmill. So obviously I was running outside. And then that became a whole different joy. And I did enjoy it. But starting again, the, I find the treadmill really useful because it's got a little bit of bounce. It doesn't hurt quite so much. And also, I, in the back of my mind, I know if something properly twangs I'm not miles away because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> nothing yeah. worse when you know you think you're going to be all right and then obviously the shin splints start and the you know your knees start to go and you think well I'm now three miles from home or four miles from home now what do I do do I have to call an uber and just look really rubbish <laughs> so actually starting on the treadmill is is good and I had my first session uh running session just last week where I got my little runner's high I mean, it's tiny. I hadn't, I'd only done a couple of miles. It wasn't even like it was, you know, big long thing or anything. People talk about doing it in marathons. But it suddenly I felt light and started to run and I realised that I wasn't plodding and pushing through. I had got to that point where actually I was really enjoying it. Didn't last very long. Last about two and a half minutes. But it reminded me and it reminded my brain, it reminded my body and how I see that working in terms of the physicality of what we're doing affecting us mentally. We all have little hooks in our brain that we, we put our past experiences on and it helps us to understand. And we also have grooves in our brain that are our habits and that's our little little go-tos. And I just, there was a bit of me that got very excited with the technicality of it and I thought, the groove is coming back. I'm I'm building that groove again so that my mind will understand and slip into it and go, ah, okay, this is this is what we do to get that feeling again. Yeah. So it was it was nice. It was oh, good. I love that you've been able to access that. That's great. I've li- I've strictly only been plodding. So that is my inspiration that I need to go out and plod a little bit more. Just plod a bit more. <laughs> and yeah. hopefully I'll get that lovely runner's buzz. Can I ask you a question? Of course you can. Run? When you run, do you listen to anything? Yes. So I've been doing, and now I'm saying this out loud, this sounds so ridiculous because I've just been saying, yes, I've been listening to Radio 4. And obviously the news isn't, the news programming isn't the most enjoyable listen at the moment. So I should probably be listening to something a bit more um, no, oomphy. Not, I don't, see, I, I love that that's what you listen to because I don't listen to music when I run. I get really bored and then I get frustrated that I'm going to have to fiddle with something to change the song or be raging thinking, I've got three minutes of this. I don't want this song. I want a different song. So I either listen to a book or a podcast. Oh, and I I love listening to the human, to the human, who else is going to speak? I love listening to the spoken word when I run rather than listening to, to music because I lose myself in either whether it's a really interesting interview or whether it is a story or even something like Radio 4. Mm. Because actually you're so engrossed in, in what's happening because you you want to know an outcome or you're intrigued as to what direction this is going to, to go in. I find that far more stimulating than, than a song. Sometimes I'll finish with a song so that I have that kind of woo. Yes. Um, at, before, at the yeah. end. But I couldn't listen to it all the way through. And I'm always fascinated by what people's listening habits are because I don't understand how people can have nothing. I think it's wonderful 
that they can because then, and people I've spoken to and asked them about it, they say they figure out so many problems, their mind wanders freely and yeah. they think about this, this and this. I don't, I don't think I'm disciplined enough. I would just think about how much I'm, how much my feet hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, so I'm let, interested. So let's keep let's keep our uh, let's keep our radio four and our podcasts and our interviews keep us stimulated while we plod. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, such a pleasure, Andrea. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. After my chat with Andrea, I put her in touch with Nike run coach Lloyd Kempson so she could get some expert advice on how to realise her own running goal of rebuilding her running practice. Let's hear from them. Hi Lloyd, I'm Andrea. You have your work cut out for you. Oh, I don't know about that, Andrea. Uh, I've met many runners like you, so I should be all right today. (laughs) So I need you to help me find my running mojo again. I've lost it. Well, I think before we get into that, I want to know why you think you've lost it and talk me through that journey. And then I think I can tailor the advice a little bit better for your situation. Okay, so um, I stopped running probably in terms of the, the amount of running that I used to do about a year ago. And it started because my knee began hurting and then it went up into my hip and then it was just too painful. So I stopped. I did that human thing of not having any physio and just stopped doing it. Then got out of the habit and then just switched fitness. So now I do uh, strength training and weight training and very uh, slow, non-cardio type of exercise and have not picked up my running shoes since. Well, I say since. I've started again a bit on the treadmill. Okay. Going short, short distances on the, on the treadmill. Okay, well, it's good that you're keeping active as well, whether it's strength and conditioning, mm. walking the dog, or oh, running, yeah, or running, yeah, ma- running marathons. It's, stopped, good that, yeah. it's good that you haven't completely stopped. Mm. Um, am I right in saying you had COVID as well? Three times in eight months. Three times. So oh. that, that was another key factor on uh, just energy levels not being what they were. So each time of having COVID... I was knocked for six for probably a month. So a good seven to ten days of feeling really very poorly and then a few weeks of getting my strength back up again in terms of just normal activities and then, okay, here we go again. The fundamentals of what I'm going to run through are all the same, regardless of what the situation is that's caused you to lose your mojo. But specific to COVID, we have to be realistic that this is such a new thing for us as a population. We're still learning about what it means to have COVID, what it means when we come back to real life, to exercise. Now, if you was to look back to when you were smashing it with your running, that highlight point in your life, whenever that may be, have a think about what were you doing well? Did you have really good structure? Did you have a really good relationship with your work-life balance? Was your diet really on point? Were you getting your eight, nine hours of sleep? Whatever it may be, and write those things down. Make a real point of acknowledging, well, I was doing those things really well. And if you're not doing those things so well now, there's your first port of call. So I think that you would benefit a lot by looking at your current structure, literally writing it out from start to finish and dissecting it and thinking, well, what would I love for it to look like? What is the ultimate structure that I would love? It might not be achievable to do that because you've got your life to contend with. But are there small changes that you can make that are going to benefit you really far in the long run? Does that make sense? Yeah. In terms of mapping out what you need to do between now and hitting your goal, I'm really a fan of consistency, but being consistently compliant. So that means if you map out a weekly plan and you say, I'm going to run three times in this week, go to the gym twice, 
um, and make sure I get 5,000 steps in or whatever it may be. I'm really in the camp that I would rather you map out a structure that you are 100% confident you're going to hit every single week. So that might mean that you do less when you mm. map out. You write down less, but you know you're going to hit it week on week in, week out. Mm -hmm. But you also have to account for some eventualities that are going to happen. It's not always going to go to plan. You are going to have days where you just can't be bothered. You're going to get sick. You may get ill. You may have hangovers. Like This is part of life, right? Mm -hmm. And we have to also account for the fact that we can't be a 10 out of 10 with our running every single day. If you can be a 6 out of 10 across the year, you'll be far, far further forward than you would be if you're sporadically a 10 out of 10. So I'm trying to get myself back on track, as it were, uh, with my running by doing it on the treadmill, mainly because I feel like it does a little bit of the heavy lifting for me rather than heading out on the pavement. And I tend to run at a level that it pushes me enough that obviously it's challenging, but it also allows me to keep going at a distance that I that I want to keep going on. Uh, you see some people in the, in the gym, I don't do this, but I see people doing it and wonder whether I should. When you see them running hell for leather and then slow it right down and then hell for leather and then slow it right down. Is that just a different type of exercise that they're, they're doing rather than building up to running long distances? Very much depends on what their goal is. Their goal may be, they may be a footballer and they may need to do really short sprints, interval training, hit workouts. Who knows? It depends on what their goal is. If your goal is to run further for longer and be able to achieve longer distances and then in longer term be able to achieve those distances faster, I wouldn't be worrying about sprinting on a treadmill anytime soon. I would focus much more on being able to run longer, but being able to run longer easily. If you think about just getting faster and faster and faster and faster, you will cut corners and you will almost crash course it. And you risk overtraining, over you risk injury, and it's not ultimately that enjoyable. If you just focus on keeping things easy, you will find that it's much easier to progress how far you're running. You also give your body a, a chance to allow those physical adaptations to take place, those improvements whilst you're sleeping. You mm. don't even realise they're happening. So focus on being able to run further for longer, for longer easily. That would be my first piece of advice. And eventually you'll get to a point with your running, you'll, ha you'll have a threshold that we all have, and that threshold will be either a distance or a length of time. For you, it may be 45 minutes. For me, it may be 90 minutes. For someone else, it may be 20 minutes. But you'll get to a certain amount of time that you can run easily and you'll be pretty bored of it. Once you get to that point, yeah. that's when we've got some flexibility now. We can now run for an hour. Well, now I can start mixing things up. Maybe I run 20 minutes of it a little bit faster. Maybe mm. I'll throw in a couple of five-minute spurts. But until you get to that point where you've got time in, in your hands, time to play with, mm. thinking about running fast on treadmills and thinking about doing sprints and stuff, it's almost just crash coursing things. Mm. It can work, but it's almost like you're skipping a few steps. Sure. And when we think about getting our mojo back, I think we start with the fundamentals and do our ABCs first. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Women's Health Podcast Going for Goal. If you enjoyed it, remember to rate and review and also subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so that you never miss an episode. We'll be back next week. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. 
Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with bowl and branches organic cotton sheets in a recent customer survey 96 percent replied that bowl and branch sheets get softer with every wash start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.